0: And now, your main event,
2: introducing the hosts of Wrestling With Freddie, Jeff Die and Freddy Prince Jr. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling With Freddie. No news guy voice for you today. And no Jeff Dye for you today. He is in New York, New York. That's the smooth sounds of Uncle Fred. And today, we're going to talk about wrestlers turned actors. It's funny. As much as Hollywood poo-poo's on wrestling, it's doing better than it than it ever has. They found a way to make money off it, so all of a sudden they're like, "Ooh, yeah, wrestling! Let's let's buy everything." But they've always been rough on wrestlers, and and. For the most part, maybe rightfully so, you could argue, because they're not always the best actors on the mic. But we're going to talk about some today who are, and we'll start with the biggest and the baddest of them all, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'm going to tell you what I think about Dwayne. It doesn't matter what you think. All right. Jeez. Take it easy, Rock. We're just a podcast. So we're going to start with his beginning. And this one, I think he would agree with with any criticism on the Scorpion King. They didn't give him much to do because he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to to be a leading man yet. This was they needed a big, buff, good looking stud. Hello, I'm Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yes, yes, you are. You are now the Scorpion King. This was 2002, and he was a huge, huge wrestling star with Stone Cold the biggest because Hulk was, it was later in Hulk's career. So Stone Cold and The Rock were the biggest too, even though I like Kurt Angle more. Shh. Anyway, this movie came out and again, he didn't have a ton to do and what he did, he was very green, but it wasn't as far as like his personality and what he brought to the table, that, that role wasn't well suited for him. He just looked the part because his body was, freaking perfect the Brahma bull so he started to try and challenge himself after that with like the get shorty sequel which I think was called be cool you saw him start to kind of try to spread his wings a bit and start working with high quality actors and and really get challenged he actually did a movie with my wife a really really bad movie but they did a movie together it's like 18 hours long it took a week to watch it it was like there was that Brad Pitt movie seven years in Tibet this was like seven years in the theater is what they should have titled this one but again he was working with a bunch of very talented actors like comic legends like John Larroquette a lot of the SNL people were on there I think Jay Timberlake did a cameo in the, movie, in the movie as well. I went to visit the set a couple of times and you saw how hard and how much effort and energy this guy was putting into his craft. And then as he sort of evolved from that, he dipped into TV with ballers and at, with that type of a character, he could really just be himself at his utmost confidence and get himself over there's we can use a wrestling term in this in this movie conversation and he did a great job with that and i felt like he really found himself during that series and mind you he was already starting to make other movies that were more in the action vein but i felt like he found himself on ballers and then took that not just momentum of success but momentum of growth and just thrust himself into all these movies: the Walking Tall movie, the Run Down, all these flicks. I'd love. I liked. I think it was called Walking Tall. The one where he he's just carrying the two by four and the movie poster, and he's just beating asses. I think he beats Billy Bob Thornton's ass at the end of that one. That's right. I've seen all the Rock's movies. What you got? Something to say? Yeah, I watch just about everything, even if it sucks. Yeah, maybe I do, but I still find something I like. So yeah, man. And now. To go from that to, he's probably getting close to a billionaire at this point. He's probably, he's probably at like 600 to 700 million like net worth. I'll bet you he's getting close to a billion. And you know that's a goal he has. That guy has aspirations and is a driven son of a gun. But, uh, but yeah, he then obviously blew up, took straight up, stole the Fast and the Furious franchise from Vin Diesel, <laughs> just publicly was like, yo, man, this guy's not professional. Forget this dude, like straight up, just outed him and then got handed the franchise, became a bigger star than Vin. And then they worked out their differences. And then publicly again, he said, hey, we're all good now, we're cool so. Everybody can leave it alone. But that's crazy to come in and just steal somebody's franchise like that. That's like that storyline in Days of Thunder when Carrie Elways, the young rookie driver comes and is going to take Tom Cruise's character, Cole Trickle's job. That's right. I even saw that movie. Not the best, but those car scenes were awesome. So yeah, so we love The Rock. He kicked ass and he's the man. Everybody loves The Rock. So <clears throat> we're going to move to John Cena and his acting career started within the wwe movie network and i don't i don't know if they've made a good movie because i haven't seen all of them and this was a deal oh i can tell you guys a funny story about this i think i told it on the pod. yeah i told it in like season one but we might have new listeners the wwe thing was they had a deal with walmart where they would release movies on dvd directly to walmart and it basically paid for itself Like a 25 million dollar deal and they made five movies a year or it was a 20 million dollar deal and they made four movies a year all of them for five million dollars and this one writer on the show was a tv writer and he said hey i'm not really well suited for to write for these wrestlers but i could take over your your movie network and and help out there that's where my experience is even though he'd never made a movie he'd only been in television but he hustled his, his way into the jobs and I don't hate a hustle, but what happened next, I thought was shady. So this dude started selling his own scripts to himself. Scripts that like didn't get made in, in Hollywood. And they started making those movies. And I was like, yo, what? that's mad dirty, man. And so Vince asked me if I watched whatever the movie was that I don't remember. I was like, no, man, I don't. I don't watch your movies. And he was like, why not? I go, they're not good, man. And He's like, well, not all yours have been good. I go, that's true. I go, but none of yours have been good. He goes, well, what do you think about the guy? And I go, well, he's selling you his own scripts, man. So, you know, what does that tell you? And I go, I don't, I don't think that should be going down. But it's, it's your company. And he goes, Freddie, it's yeah, it was twenty. That there was four a year for twenty. He goes, Freddie, it's twenty million dollars. Now get on the goddamn plane. Then I was just like, uh, okay, can I please have this guy's job? I wrote some dog scripts that didn't get sold. we will make the shit out of these bad boys? What the hell, man? John Cena started in the WWE movies in a series called The Marine, which I think has been taken over by The Miz. I think Dolph Ziggler's been in a couple. They do like action movies, and they've done a couple like dramas too. So that's not like that's well, I'll say this. That's humble beginnings, right? Because it's no money. And he's probably not even getting paid that much extra to do the movie because Vince probably counts it as all encompassing of your WWE contract. So he started with that and he actually did a good job and kind of found his wrestling character through that movie, carried it over. And and it was a good way for him to take all that PG heat that he had to take from the fans that wanted an R-rated product or at least a PG-13 rated product. And everyone took a piece out of him. But That Marine character, that Marine persona sort of held him together somehow. He did a great job with it. And then you get to see the side where everyone goes, we're going to give John Cena a chance in a movie called Trainwreck with Amy Schumer. And the dude was super low-key funny in this movie, like low-key sneaky funny, did great with the lines whatever notes he got he took them and ran with him if if he just came up with all that on his own as far as his take on those lines and shout out to him for that that's it, it was waste just sneaky sneaky good and once people saw that then it was game over and it, it, hollywood was going to take him and john didn't like me when i was at wwe because i was from hollywood and he hated hollywood and i never got mad at him because i always knew this day would come where Hollywood would come call in for him, because he was a good actor. I always thought he should have been G.I. Joe in the G.I. Joe movies. And they did come calling, And the DC universe got their hands on him. And now he's a Hollywood movie star. He became what he hated most. But he's done great with it. He, Like I said, he found that Marine character, that serious version. And then he showed this complete opposite side in Trainwreck. And that demonstrated a lot of range for him to get peacemaker which needed both those things right in order to work and i thought he did a just a splendid job ah!
1: Visit livenationcom nation.com slash to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul. Sum 41, 30 seconds to Mars. Oh, and two door cinema club.
2: Now we're going to get to the best of the damn bunch. And I think it's the biggest surprise to everyone. Not now, obviously, but when it happened and that's Dave Batista. I'm going to start by spoiling the ending. Dave's the best actor out of every wrestler. That's that's turned actor that, that's gone into movies. And you've been able to watch this growth from film to film. And it's, it's like watching a, a five-year-old hit a growth spurt where you're just like, man, two weeks ago you were this little dude and now you're like four inches bigger. What the hell happened? That's every movie he does. He is significantly, significantly better each time. Every performance he's put out is superior to the last one. Every single time, I don't know how he's developing these tools so quickly, but he's developing these tools quickly, and I can't wait to see where it goes from here. I don't think anybody saw this coming out of WWE, And, and granted, the writing wasn't the best. He just he seemed like like a lifetime wrestler. Even when he decided to leave. I don't know if everyone was like, "Oh yeah, this is going to work out. He's going to be a big star." And then out of nowhere, here he comes. And once this dude took off, I don't know anybody who went, oh, but it'll just be a one time thing. I think everybody saw it once he got the opportunity. And Guardians of the Galaxy, he wasn't just the big guy. Now, granted, they gave him the opportunity to show a little bit of range as that series developed, right? But from that to Dune, to the one that I love that he took a real chance on people go, "Oh, the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian that's a cameo and that stuff's easy to do. Star Wars is easy. What's hard to do is a knock at the cabin. What's hard to do is an M Knight Shyamalan film. And he pursued this role. He actively pursued it. Yo, take a chance on me. Let me show you what I can do. And a guy like M Knight is cool. Like that. He, he likes that kind of a challenge, or I should say that kind of an opportunity is, is more the way he looks at it. And I'm not buddies with him, but I, I I know of him professionally, and I think we've met like two or three times just to say hello. But I know his work ethic, and I know that that's the kind of thing he would respond to. And for Dave to put out a performance at that level this early in his career lets you know, what A, what kind of range he has, and B, the expected longevity that we should see over the next, you know, twenty years. That this guy, or however long he wants to do it, I don't see him stopping. And he's lost so much weight that he only looks like a like a Hulk if you need him to, and he can beef up. But he's lost a lot of weight, so there's a lot more simple roles. I mean, hell, he's done a, a damn like buddy cop movie now. I think with Jason Momoa, he did that movie with the kid where he's the you know the grizzled cop and it's the kid who's going to soften him up like that when Burt Reynolds tried to do it. It didn't work for either one of them, by the way. Sorry, Dave. We've all got some dogs, baby. I got some dogs in my doghouse too. There's not an empty doghouse in Hollywood. I promise you that. But yeah, man, Dave's the man. I think he's the best out of every wrestler that's tried to do it. I will say this. If Bray Wyatt had gotten the opportunity to do films, I think he would have been special I, I mentioned a couple months ago on the podcast that uh there was a movie i was going to do it was a little independent movie and the budget fell apart there was a role for him a big role it was kind of like the save the day role and he was going to actually play a carny everything this it was a horror movie that took place at a carnival and he's the guy that kind of saves the day helps me and my daughter so that we can escape and sacrifices himself and he was so ready for it and he was so perfect i knew he was perfect for it i told the producers i was like just look at him and watch this one promo i sent them a promo that he cut and i said you're going to fall in love with him and they watched and they're like oh my god we want to make the role bigger i was like do it he can handle it like the guy's a creative genius in the wrestling world and they agreed and we were both going to do it and like i said the budget fell apart it's it's hard with independent movies you think independent wrestling's tough movies fall apart Every single day in this business, it's crazy. So, just a little side quest there on on Bray, and then we get to the worst of the bunch: Hulk Hogan. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, your hero from the '80s that told you to take vitamins and and lied about steroids and and well, just about everything he's ever talked about. Jesus Christ! You guys are fans of Hulk Hogan, but that's because your moms and dads buy you the pay-per-views and you saw them win. I saw them get screwed over all the time by the bad guys, and my mom did not buy the pay-per-views, so I rooted for the bad guys in professional wrestling. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. What's important is not Rocky Three, where he was actually, I'll give him that. In Rocky Three, he was actually good. He just had to play a menacing, crazy guy, which was cool. But then we get to these gems known as No Holds Barred, suburban commando three ninjas suburban commander. I think that was the one with the speed boat. That was the, the, the roughest one to get through. And I, I go to movies wanting to find something to like. I don't go there looking to, to hate on these things. This was unwatchable. And I, I say that knowing I have dogs in, in, in my backyard, but everyone does, but they're not all dogs. <laughs> you can't have, you can't have all dogs and then blame other people for the movies not doing well. That was another thing. You always had like, well, the writers did this. The studio did this. No, man. Suburban Commando is not a good idea. They tried it again with Vin Diesel in the 2000s. What was that called? The Pacifier. The Pacifier. He's a nanny. An ex-Navy SEAL. Guess how many people saw that one? Zero. <laughs> so that does not count. But yeah, we're not going to spend too much time speaking about the acting career of Hulk Hogan because there wasn't a lot of acting. They tried to surround him with charming people, but the movies just didn't work, man. It it never did once. They should have they put him in Harry and the Hendersons or something. He could have been a good Harry. And then they wouldn't have had to use that suit. All right, moving on. <clears> that big old hater on Hulk Hogan, Freddie. Why he hates so much on him? I don't know. Those movies just were rough, man. They were sorry. And he was, you know, it was what he was. Now we get to my favorite. Now, I didn't say best. I've already acknowledged Dave Batista as the best of the bunch. But my favorite of all wrestlers turned actors, and for those who see this on video or see our clips, if you look over my shoulder, you already know what movie I'm talking about and what actor I'm talking about. But Mr. Rowdy Roddy Piper. That's right. Rowdy Piper, one of my favorite wrestlers of all times. And he's in one of my favorite movies of all time, which is They Live, John Carpenter's They Live. Now, for those of you who have not seen this movie, if you claim to enjoy what I have to say in any way, then I demand. I've never made a demand in my life. I I demand, I'm serious, that you watch this movie. You will love it for its poignancy, for its irreverence, for its campiness at times, whether it's intentional or not. You will love it thematically. You will love Roddy Piper's performance. You will love Keith David's performance, uh, who's the his co-star in the film. Black Duty was the voice of Spawn on the animated series back in the day. He's been in like a million TV shows and movies and he was uh, one of my dad's best friends back in the day y'all side quest my dad went to the fame school in New York that remember that show fame i'm on a list little... um he went there he dropped out uh, cuz he got an opportunity to be on the Milton Berle show which was like a big late night talk show and comedians could get over huge um but he was in the school play of my, in, of mice and men with keith davis and they were playing George and Lenny and he said, one day your dad just didn't show up to school and we knew it. it's because he made it. He had been telling us for the last couple of weeks, I auditioned. I think I'm going to audition at this club. He was only 17. 17? Yeah, I think 17. I auditioned at this club and I think they're going to put me on the Milton Berle show. He's the king of comedy. That's why my dad changed his last name to Prince because Milton Berle was the king of comedy. He wanted to be the prince of comedy. And he just kept the Z in his last name out of respect and changed his last name to Prince. So my name is fake, people. Fake.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.
2: But uh, but yeah, so anyway, this movie is awesome. It's about aliens. Have It's not, are they coming to invade? They already invaded. They already took over, and they're already running the government. And the only way you can see who the truth humans are and who the aliens are are through these sunglasses that have been made by the resistance that show you the true face behind the facade that they're projecting. And you can also see the truth in advertising, which is the subliminal messaging in every billboard and bus stop sign that you see in every commercial that's on television and every political message that you see subliminal messaging everywhere in every newspaper you read what's a newspaper shit anyway this movie's awesome Roddy Piper is perfect in this movie and he's so big that when they come to beat his ass you already know like oh you're done like your ass is getting kicked and it does and I challenge anybody, if you want to debate this, baby, we could debate this all day. You will lose. It'll be a straight squash match. You won't let out. I'm Goldberg and your opponent number one. You know what I'm saying? That's how bad the beatdown will be. Best line in the history of cinema. It's Roddy Piper and he's wearing the sunglasses so he knows the truth. And these cops that were really aliens tried to take him down. Bow, bow. Got the first one. What? You want some too? watch out? Your chick, chick. Boom. Shotgun right to the chest. Got them both. And now he knows, he knows the aliens are here and he's not having it because he's a man's man. He runs into this bank. He's got the shades on, he's got the shotgun out and he sees that some of the people in the bank are aliens. And he goes, cuts this line so much better than I ever could. He says, I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. Blah, blah, alien on the back wall, splattered. Next alien, Baboom skis. He's done too. You get the idea. He kicks ass and saves the entire world from an alien invasion because he's Roddy Piper. Finally, and I wish Jeff was here because this is one of his favorite movies. There's a movie called Hell Comes to Frogtown. Hell comes to Frogtown, but it's not hell in the way you think. Hell is Rowdy Roddy Piper's character, Sam Hell, one of the last men on Earth. And the theme of this movie is 70% of the men's population on the planet is dunzos, gone. And the rest of the population is basically sterile. And in order to, in order to save humanity, this guy Sam Hill becomes the most wanted man in the universe because he's very virile. <laughs> and he has to go to this town that's like under the control of these frog human people. And he has to save the women there and impregnate them so that they can be so the human species can get back to where it needs to be. The Every, every horned up guy in the eighties would want to play that role. Are you kidding me? This is a real movie. It actually got made and Piper's actually really good in it because he sort of takes the piss the way you should in these types of films. He doesn't look into the camera and give you a nod and a wink the way Eddie Murphy would but he lets you know what he thinks of the dialogue from time to time based on the way he performs it. I love Roddy Piper. I got to see him perform stand-up comedy one time and it was awesome. Big shout out to him and and may he rest in peace. And I hope his family is proud of of his contribution that he was able to make because a lot of people love it. We're going to finish with Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? Stone Cold hasn't done a bunch of like feature films outside of the the big Expendables franchise, which they, I haven't seen any of of the Expendable movies. I I love Stallone. I I named my son Rocky for crying out loud, but I just, you know, there's, Half the dialogue is them going ah whoa, 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 whoa. You no. Know, it's like an episode of Dragon Ball Z where it's just two dudes going ah come and the other guy going ah, <laughs> and that's you know the episode's twenty two minutes and that was twenty minutes of the damn episode and then finally you hear someone go wow you look pretty strong maybe we should fight. It's my Goku voice. Anyways, Stone Cold did a bunch of the only one that I did see was the one on the island where he's the, the convict and he gets thrown onto this island and he has to like fight for his freedom. Anyway, stone cold. He's, he's pretty good, man. He, he he can do his, his one thing. And I think he tries to stick to that and knows that, although I'd be interested to see if he had any desire to branch out and try a drama. Maybe he, maybe he doesn't, which is cool too. Listen, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I got nothing but love for you. Thanks for always tuning in. Thanks for tuning in Thursdays to unsanctioned Thursdays as well. Make sure you check out my co-host Jeff Dye on com for dates. Uh, maybe he's coming to your city to make you laugh. I'm Freddie Prinz Jr. This was Wrestling with Freddie. Peace. This has been a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.